Welcome back to a special uh, edition of our Keisha Covered podcast brought to you by Capital Federal, uh, our true blue partner with us here at Keisha. Um, we decided to throw in an extra one this week uh, instead of just coming at you every two weeks because it's championship season across the state and we've already got two in the books and got some more coming up here shortly including this coming weekend with state gymnastics being held but let's first uh, take a look back at state tennis and state golf which were held uh, last weekend and then the past couple days uh, across the state uh, four classes for each in girls state tennis and girls state golf and we had some great action across the state and we'll just start in class 6a state tennis and mac was there to watch the shawnee mission east uh juggernaut continue its winning ways in class 6a yeah and we started that one and, and that's my bad talking about the potential for other teams to jump in the mix because nope shawnee mission east uh had one of uh their most dominant victories, not just uh, of this uh, most recent, uh, you know, five peat, but uh, across their, you know, fifteen state championships, uh, very few uh, have been this strong, and none of them have had what they ended up doing, which uh, they had a one, a two, a three, and a four place finish. Uh, that number one was in doubles and uh, was the one that was a long time coming. Uh, Abby Long and uh, Katie Schmidt having three years of runners up uh, against their own teammates in the finals. Uh, they finally get to go through and, and uh, win their own uh, state championship. And that one, uh, you know, it, they actually ended up, it, you know, getting that experience, that same one that they saw uh, their their uh, teammates have the, the, the last uh, three years going up against them. But uh, they, they got to have not just that state championship win, but to get there, they end up facing uh, a pair of their teammates uh, in seniors, uh, Ellie McDermott and uh, Katie Murphy. And that one ends up being a, a pretty good show. It was a, a three-set match that uh, I know the parents were telling me that it was like it took three hours, and I, it was like an hour and some change. But uh, it was a, a pretty, pretty good back and forth. Probably their biggest challenge uh, that they had uh, on their way to the state championship this year. But uh, ultimately, they end up getting the win and and move on to to face a, a Blue Valley Northwest uh, pair in the finals, uh, Safarina Wambi and Mariam Wambi. Uh, that one, uh, you know, first set, uh, Long and Schmidt just, it was just clockwork. It took no time at all for them to get a 6-1 win. Uh, and I know both teams were definitely, they did not want long rallies. They were going for kill shots, but uh, Long and Schmidt got the advantage of that one. But then uh, on the second set, uh, it looked like maybe we were in for another three-setter. Maybe the Long and Schmidt, their legs were out from under them from, from having uh, that long battle with their teammates in the semifinals. But uh, ultimately, they, they get it together. They they end up pulling out the 7-5 victory there and, and, and close it out for a special moment. Uh, I know in talking with Katie Schmidt, she, she started crying afterwards, uh, hugging her parents, and she said that she's never cried during a sporting event 
cried dirt playing tennis. That was the first time she was just overcome with the emotions of uh, finally breaking through and getting uh, that state title. And then, uh, you know, looking at on the, the single side there, uh, you know, I think it, it kind of largely went to, to chalk, but uh, still very exciting to, to see it happen. Uh, Blue Valley West, uh, Sarion end up uh, m- making it through to, to, close out win the the state title and uh she did it in in pretty spectacular fashion uh similarly uh i think it was in the the quarterfinals uh facing her teammate uh dominique pitchlin that was also her biggest challenge uh based on the the game results she won that one six four six two uh but she got to that final day and she went uh 6-2 6-0 against Johnny Mission East uh Macy Garwood uh ends up uh, in the finals going this might have been the only real uh I wouldn't even say it's a surprise but you know this was the the uh the biggest match in the semifinals of Shawnee Mission East uh Isha uh Bavazar and uh Olathe Northwest Ella Novian uh, that one, you know, Ella's been in those uh, big moments. She's been in the, the semifinals before, and uh, that ends up becoming a, a, a really big match that Novian went up uh, 6-3 in the first set, uh, but Isha ends up uh, winning the second one 6-1, and then she takes the final uh, 7-6. Uh, so you end up getting a shoddy mission uh East player uh, on both uh, singles and doubles in the the finals. Of course, uh, Sarion ends up getting the the six one six three victory to to close it out and uh, win her first state title. Which you know that one was another uh, peculiar one of she was a senior that had just not played high school tennis until now, and uh, you know she comes in and she's you know I asked her if she regrets not joining the team a couple years before, but she said no it, it, to get to that point where she could win the way she won uh she needed that u.s uh ta experience that she got over the last uh three years but she also said you know she you didn't have eligibility rules and she didn't have to go on to to college uh she would love to have the chance to do that all over again because she had a great time uh playing with her blue valley west teammates and uh she ends up helping them uh get a second place finish which uh is one of the is the best uh in blue valley west girls tennis history uh they've had a couple uh uh, you know it's been a while but they've had a few that were third place finishes so they've had the team trophies before uh but this is the first one where they were runner up and uh when you look back as blue valley west boys tennis uh knocking off the shawnee mission east boys team ending uh their title streak back in the spring looks like uh alec uh bergeron of uh blue valley west uh he's got his tennis teams right there in the hunt to, to be given Shawnee Mission East some trouble uh, over the next few years. So uh, that one was uh, very interesting. And then, uh, you know, uh, Elenovian ends up not, you know, she has to settle for third place. She also leads her team to a third place finish as a team. So they end up bringing home some hardware and, uh, you know, really fun day out there at Junction City. Uh, I got to say, experience in the courts very good for photos wish we had some sunlight but very good setup for photos and a uh, very great experience of 6a tennis out there at junction city
Yeah, Junction City, a new host with their new courts set up. And so it sounds like uh, it was a good experience. And then talking to people here, uh, they, they really enjoyed it. So I imagine we'll, uh, we'll be back there someday, maybe on a sunny day, because we certainly didn't have sun for, uh, for state tennis across the state. But, uh, Scott, you may not have had sun in Class 5A, but you had a lot of perfection down there. And, uh, you know, Class 5A, um, tell us a little bit about uh, what went on down there. I actually had Class 5A. I was in... Oh, I'm sorry, yeah. Ricky. I was in. Uh, <laughs> it's all right. It's all I right. was in uh, Salina, and that's a, that's a really good facility there too. I thought that was that was really a really really a good venue for that tournament. Um, but uh, you know, starting with the team race, uh, you know, Andover pretty much dominated for the team title. Um, you know, the highlight for them was that all Andover semifinal match between uh, undefeated Brooke Walker and Anna Jittawait. And uh, they were going against their teammates, Elizabeth Gaddis and Emma Jittawait. Um, and the surprise was, uh, you know, um, the number two team in Gaddis and Emma Jittawait got that first set. And, uh, you know, they, they really... They really hadn't had much success, you know, against that number one doubles team before. So, you know, that kind of got everybody's attention. And, uh, you know, for me, it was just kind of you could see why Brooke Walker is such a such a great athlete. I mean, just seeing how she responded to losing that first set. I mean, you could just see the fire in her and, you know, from the conversations that she was having with her coaches, you know, in the first set, you could you kind of tell the intensity. And I'm sure that's what makes her such a great basketball player that's going to the University of Utah but uh, you know after that first set wake-up call Brooke and Anna really really were smooth sailing from that point on um, you know they they ended up uh, you know kind of controlling the rest of that doubles match and uh, that that match went about as good as it as it could I think for Andover obviously it's always kind of awkward when you got teammates going against each other but um, to see you know Gaddis and Emma and Emma pushed Brooke Walker and, and Anna uh, that I think that had to be a pretty good feeling for coach, for coach Steven Alexander. And, you know, obviously it was really important for him to see his seniors go out on a high note. Uh, so I, I think he was kind of hoping they would, they would figure it out and they did. And then uh, they really just cruised, cruised there in that uh, final against uh, May South Madeline fellows and uh, Sydney Shoemaker, who, that was a heck of a run by them. I think they came in as the number six seed, and they really played well to get to get to that finals match. But uh, yeah, I mean, and uh, that was the, obviously that was the highlight, like I mentioned for Andover, and they uh, they also got a good uh, singles performance there from uh, Molly Gaddis, who ended up taking third. So uh, you know, going over to the to the singles. Uh, um, Brent Steven from Wichita Carroll, she completes her undefeated season. Uh, you know, was really kind of just cruising along, uh, you know, and the, made the finals easily. And then the finals, uh, she took a 6-0 win in the first set over Shawnee Heights' uh, Jette Glassnap. Uh, from, she's a foreign exchange student from Germany. So, um, you know, it looks like she's going to make qu- quick work uh quick work there in the in the finals match and then all of a sudden uh yete uh just turns puts together a really good second set she's up 4-1 uh really kind of frustrating Bryn a little bit and then Bryn turns it on and wins the next 
next three games to make it 4-4. And then the unfortunate thing is uh, Yete injured her ankle badly there uh, when it was 4-4. Uh, I didn't think she was going to be able to continue. It just, just did not look good. She couldn't put any pressure on it. Um, and then, you know, she got a medical timeout and came back and was out there, but she just didn't have enough movement to, to challenge Brent anymore. But uh, kind of a downer to see it see it in that way. But uh, obviously a heck of a story there for, for Shawnee Heights and, and Yete and what she what she did of uh, being able to, to to push Bryn a little bit and um, you know just a heck of a heck of a year for Bryn as well uh, finishes 29 and 0 and like I said that was there was just that one one stretch where she struggled a little bit but outside of that she just she just dominated and I know she she felt good about the about the way her season ended but uh, yeah so that 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 was kind of the story and uh in uh, 5A, uh, you had uh, Brooke Walker and Anna Jittaway cap uh, in their season undefeated, and Brent Steven was able to do the same thing in singles. Yeah, some great action there at 5A, uh, undefeated state champions, which is kind of cool seeing both of those. Hard thing to do in, in state tennis anymore. I know we had one last year, Kinley Van Pelt uh, from Free State was able to accomplish it, and this year, you know, you get uh, two two in Class 5A and at the new facility over there in Salina and Bryn, a repeat state champion from a year ago. So two straight for her. Uh, the Stephen family just at, synonymous with kind of with tennis down in the Wichita area for for many years. They've just produced one stellar tennis player after another. And then uh, Scott was at Class 4A. So my bad, Scott, you were at Class 4A down in <laughs> Winfield at the TH Vaughn Tennis Center down there. And you got to see one repeat champion and then uh, one new newcomer state champion uh, in singles and doubles play down there. Yeah, yeah, I was the I was the closest reporter down to the equator uh, over the weekend, but that didn't mean it was any warmer down in Winfield. It was it was pretty blustery, uh, but there was a little something for everybody there at uh, in Win- at Winfield's Vaughn Tennis Center. Um, starting singles and, and Chapman's Alyssa Freeze. Uh, uh, completes a, com- a career climb to the top there in, in uh, 4A singles, uh, defeating Independence's Ava Mora 6-3-6-0 in the championship match. Uh, Freeze, a four-time state placer, had finished fifth as a freshman, uh, third as a sophomore, uh, finished second to Topeka Hayden's uh, Ainsley Zulueta last year, and then comes back and with Zulueta out of the tournament, or out for the season uh, due to an eligibility issue. Uh, Freeze kind of steps in as the steps up to the forefront and and uh, finishes a 30-1 and season. Her lone loss was to Marysville Shea Kramer in a tournament at Wamigo uh, in late September. Uh, Freeze just, you know, just a, just an outstanding player. Only lost nine games in in eight, in eight sets in the in the tournament, and uh, really doesn't have a style that overpowers players. But she she just covers the court, chases down everything, and really that was the strategy that worked for her against Morris in the championship. Uh, Ava's Ava Morris, a really good junior at Independence, uh, strong player, has a strong serve, a great, just a, a powerful sweeping forehand. And uh, it's one of those where Freeze had kind of honed her game to, to improve her net play this year. But she knew quickly that, that going to the net was not going to really work against Morris with the power that she hits the ball with. So she, she was content to stay back on the baseline and, and, and cover the court and, and uh, make Morris work. Uh, to to earn her points and or and, and in a lot of cases Morris just would would commit the unforced error and and uh, Freeze would capitalize that way. Uh, Morris came out and won the first two games in the opening set 
and it looked like, okay, well, is is this really going to be Alyssa's day or not? But she quickly turned the match in her favor and, and won 12 of the final 13 games to, to take the 4A singles title. Really neat story. It's uh, her coach, Crystal Audie, uh, lives next, right next to a uh, set of tennis courts there in Chapman and, and was telling me about how she would remember uh, when Alyssa was like in third grade, um, seeing Alyssa over at the court hitting, hitting tennis balls with her dad. So it was kind of one of those, those life stories that uh, uh, has a real good feel, a real feel good element to, to it. Uh, Freeze is outstanding in track, uh, two-time 3,200 meter champion in 4A and uh, but really wanted to, to prove that she could get this done in tennis. So I think this was a, uh, you know, I don't know if it was a monkey off her back, but a, a real big feather in her cap to, to get that done. So, so Alyssa Freeze finishes 30-1, and one, wins the, the 4A singles title. And, and you mentioned the repeat, and that came in doubles. And the uh, uh, Hayden senior Lauren Sandstrom and, and junior Emily Sheets, uh, they, they go back-to-back, really show off their talents uh, in a 6-1, 6-4 win in the championship match over – uh, McPherson sisters Riggs and Brody Coon and uh, you know Sandstrom and Sheets did have a three-set quarterfinal they got that from the ages Libby Schull and Nell Gudex and uh, so got pushed a little bit it wasn't it wasn't clear sailing through the tournament uh, but once they got to the championship match they were they were terrific they jumped all over the the Riggses with the uh, or with the, over the Coons with by winning the first five games in, in that match and and uh, have a real unique style or you know not a unique style but it's an effective style where uh, Sheets is uh, whose mom Christie's the Hayden coach uh, Sheets a left-hander hits a real good uh, forehand into the back corner that that kind of puts opponents on on the defense and having to hit a backhand and well if you hit a backhand uh, you know back over. There you've got Sandstrom, who said six foot one can just hammer anything at the net. So uh, a real effective strategy, and that's kind of what they used to to, to jump all over uh, the Coons in that championship match. But uh, uh, you know, so just an outstanding three year partnership uh, for Sandstrom and Sheets. They finished their their run together. Sheets will be back next year, but uh, uh, this three year runs ends with a ninety three and fifteen record. They were thirty three and three this year, thirty four and four last year when they won their first title. Uh, and then 26 and eight uh, the year before that. So uh, a really strong performance uh, by by the team that came into the tournament as the favorite, and they really proved why uh, over the course of those two days. Uh, in the team competition, uh, Independence doesn't get a doesn't get an individual or, or double state champion, but but they did a lot of their work on the opening day. Their five entries, uh, one singles, and and two doubles teams go six and zero on the first day of the championship, and that really set the tone, built the, built the, the base for winning the team title. And they do that uh, by scoring 37 points uh, to run, to runner up McPherson's 28. Uh, Morris, who I mentioned, finishes second in singles. She got through her semifinal match. Uh, but the, the two doubles teams for independence, uh, Callie Schlorholtz and, and Brooklyn Maddox and, and the sisters, Ellie and Hannah Kippenberger, both fall in the semifinals, uh, end up facing each other in the third place match. And then Schlorholtz and, and Maddox, uh, flipped the script on the on the Kippenbergers. Kippenbergers won the regional uh, at Independence last week, and and uh, Schlorholtz and, and Maddox rally for a three set victory there. Uh, so those five entries for Independence, um, you know, after the graduation of Abby Vale last last year, a really good singles player. Those five come back to state and and get the job done. Uh, give Independence their uh, their fifth team championship, first one since 2014. Uh, and the first is a head coach for Gina McLennan, who was an assistant for three of the 
for three of the previous five championships uh, at Independence. So uh, a good finish for the Bulldogs. They they win the boys' title last spring and then come back and win the girls' title uh, down at Winfield uh, over the weekend. Yeah, so Independence, the uh, the reigning king in Class 4A state tennis with boys and girls champions uh, currently uh, for the 2023 uh, year. So uh, that was Class 4A in Winfield. I had Class 3-2-1A in Topeka, and uh, we finished it right before the rain started. It, it, it was uh, perfect. They were handing out the... Uh, Handing out the medals and the and the brackets and everything and the trophies and then it started started raining a little mist and stuff and so we were fortunate to get that get that in and uh, you know uh, the some of the things changed in terms of who who the personnel were with Wichita Collegiate but the one thing that didn't change is Collegiate wins again and wins it by a considerable margin uh, you know longtime coach Dave Hawley. Uh, the guy who's won more state titles than anybody, any other coach in state history in any other sport, uh, retires after last school year. New guy comes in, uh, Simon comes in from uh, having coached at Wichita Independent in past years, takes over the program, and Collegiate just does what Collegiate does. They go out and win the state title, score 50 points to beat runner-up Marysville by 22 points. Uh, they have all four of their entries place. And they sweep the titles. They get the singles champion and the doubles champion. We'll start in singles play. And you had Laura DeCarbajo, who last year, she would she would tell you, she was a little overwhelmed by state. Uh, she went in as a regional champion, having beaten Emma Mantabani, her teammate, in the regional finals. And uh, so she went in as the number one seed for the state tournament last year and got knocked off early and, uh, and said, said the stage was a little too big for her last year. She was a little, little just overwhelmed by the whole situation and, and really wasn't quite ready for it mentally and ended up, you know, placing a little bit further down than she would have liked. Well, she comes back this year and is just absolutely dominant. She wins her first match 6-0, 6-0, her second match 6-2, 6-0. In the semifinals, she beats Conway Springs' Haley Osner. 6-2, 6-2, and then has to wait a long time, almost two hours between her semifinal match and the start of the finals match as the other s- single semifinal was just a marathon between Marysville Shea Kramer and Colby's Hayden Bellamy. And it was, boy, it was a great match, uh, just back and forth the whole way. Kramer comes out, wins the first set 7-5, to five, and fully expected that to kind of be the way it went the rest of the way. But Bellamy really regrouped in that second set. She uh, wins it 6-1 going away, and that kind of gave her the momentum. She uh, she ends up winning the third one 6-3. The match lasts just under three hours. Uh, so And then she gets 45 minutes to rest before having to go back out for the championship match. And she had, had some adrenaline going early, uh, held some held serves early, and had a lead on Laura um, early in that match, uh, 2-1, 1-0, 2-1, 3-2, as they both held their serve. But then DeCarbajal just ends up taking over. Once she finally breaks Bellamy, that was it, ball game. Uh, DeCarbajal wins the first set 6-3 and then cruises 6 nothing in the second set. And, and she played some really good tennis. And, and Hayden will say, man, sometimes you just got to tip your hat to the person who just plays better and said, you know, DeCarbajal played just absolutely outstanding tennis. And every shot she needed to make, she hit. And uh, Bellamy could really never get her game going in that match. But a great career for Hayden. Uh, you know, she, she was in 4A last year, was a state placer there, drops back down to 3A, gets to her first state championship match, and 
awesome stuff for a person that didn't take up tennis until she was coming into high school. And so uh, for her to come that far in that short a period of time against players that, you know, have probably been playing since they could hold a racket uh, off the ground, you know, it's the, those, those kind of people. Uh, so a great career for Hayden Bellamy. But Laura Carvajo caps a great season uh, for her with her first state singles championship. She's just a sophomore, so she's in line to maybe win a couple more as she keeps going. And then her teammates, uh, Lainey Conrad and Julia Herman, they take the doubles championship for the second straight year. So they've got two state titles. And they were just as dominant as DeCarvajo was uh, in their matches. They win their first one 6-0-6-0. The quarterfinals, they win 6-2-6-0. Then they get a little bit of test from the Coaster sisters from Conway Springs, uh, Morgan and Sadie. Uh, 7-5 was the the first set of that one, but then Conrad and Herman take the second one, 6-0. And then kind of like DeCarvajo did, they have to sit around and wait as the other semifinal match, also a marathon match, it ends up going more than three hours, just a little over three hours between Ellsworth's Reagan Coon and Ennery Rippert, and then the doubles team from Heston, Elise Griffin and Corey Kramer. Uh, That was a rematch of the uh, regional championship match with Kramer and Griffin won. Uh, last, the week before, but this time uh, Coonrod and Ripper get the revenge. They get a 4-6, 6-4, 7-6 with an 8-6 tiebreaker score to pull out the victory in that semifinal that just went back and forth and back and forth and, and was a, just a great long match. And, and that took a lot out of the Ellsworth duo. But even, a, even if they had been at full strength and, and rested and everything, I'm not sure if they had enough in the tank for Conrad and Herman. They just they work so well together. Herman, kind of like Lauren Sandstrom, really tall, over six foot. So she's got that reach and covers the whole court. And then Conrad kind of brings some of the power game uh, to go along with her. And uh, Conrad and Herman come out, win the first set in the championship match, six nothing. Then they drop the first game of the of the uh, second set, but then they come back and uh, they end up taking that one six two. Uh, to, to win their second straight state title. They're both juniors, so they'll be back next year. And it was funny because I, I wrote about it when I went and asked them. I posed the question to them. I'm asking them both together, you know, which one was tougher or which one means more? And Julia went one way, and then Lainey went the other way. And then when Lainey started t- voicing her opinion, Julia was like, oh, yeah, 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 that, what she says is right. So they, they were in sync on the court all day, a little off out of sync to start their interview, but then they got right back into sync as good doubles, doubles teams do. So uh, congratulations to Wichita Collegiate on sweeping the team titles, singles titles, and doubles titles. Uh, Marysville has a great state tournament. Uh, they get place, placings, uh, top 12 placings from three of their four entries to take second. Uh, Shea Kramer comes back and finishes third in singles play uh, for to help Marysville uh, take second, just ahead of Conway Springs, which gets a gets runner up or a third fourth place finish from Haley Osner in singles, and then a fourth place finish in double or a third place finish in double from the Kester sisters. So uh, Ellsworth, let's give them a shout out as well just a a tremendous season they had won every single tournament they had played in as a team going into state and they have a great state showing they end up taking fourth but they get uh they get uh several placers they get the runner-up finish in doubles from coonrod and rippard they get a 10th place finish in singles from carly hayes a freshman and then they get a, a 11th place finish from their other doubles team and end up taking fourth at state so great season uh by ellsworth 
to uh, to finish fourth at state and do as well. Colby on the strength of Bellamy takes fifth, and then Heston uh, with Kramer and Griffin taking taking fourth in doubles. They end up taking fifth or sixth. So uh, those are the t- teams and results in Class Three, Two, One A state tennis. And you know it was chilly for state tennis on Friday and Saturday, deal- battling some wind and rain, and then. That's what we dealt with in state golf last year. Well, this year, just two beautiful days for state golf. A little cool in the morning uh, on on Monday morning. Delayed uh, delayed the start at a couple of the state tournaments as they had a little bit of frost delay. But just absolutely gorgeous days for state golf. I can't remember the last time we had those that nice a day for some for some uh, state golf championships and and some great performances, uh, comeback performances, uh, runaway performances. We'll start in Class Six A where Mac. Uh, Max saw Kinsley Jones uh, probably for the first time ever and, and got to witness what the greatness of Kinsley Jones is all about. Yeah, and, you know, that was one where uh, it not quite a comeback, but, uh, you know, she started in, in second uh, to start day two. She was trailing a, a fellow reigning champ in uh, Ella Slicker uh, of Shawnee Mission East. And, you know, as the, the day started to unfold, uh, I think it was – uh, pretty clear that uh, Jones, Slicker, and then Blue Valley, uh, Hadley Nice, she was on the other side of the course, but she was sticking with uh, those two. And it was just a lot of, of par uh, for a while there. And then there was just a stretch for Ella Slicker where uh, she had four bogeys over six holes. Uh, and at that same time, uh, you know, I Jones is just kind of uh, pulling away because she's able uh, to, to, to get some, some really great uh, holes there where she's either hitting par or she had a, uh, she mixed in some, some birdies to, uh, be able to just create a pretty sizable gap. And so then it became a two way race between two players that aren't playing, uh, in the same group. And, you know, I think, uh, in, in, in looking, looking at the scores and in talking with them, I think it was probably, uh, me and, and, uh, Maze's coach Ben Harlow were doing about the same thing, trying to keep up with the updates and look and see where Nice was and uh, it was right as uh, Nice is finishing up uh, her performance, uh, you know, Jones gets word going into the uh, her second to last hole uh, that she finally has a, a one stroke lead. She ends up hitting birdie on 17 and she kind of knows she has it and she's able to to finish up par and 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 clinch that. But she ends up, uh, you know, winning by uh, three strokes over Nice in the end. But, uh, you know, that that was one where the pressure was on the whole day and you didn't see it on Jones's face. She was calm. She was just playing her game throughout and she would have wished she was facing, you know, number two if Nice was with that group so she could kind of judge it a little better and figure it out. But, you know, in the end, it worked out for Jones who gets her third straight state title. Uh, first one as Mays moves up to six a but still really great performances from from that group and then looking at the the team race uh it was all Olathe Northwest they uh you know had maybe a more 
dominant performance uh, than they had uh, even last year. Uh, this was one where, you know, I think going into the season, they kind of knew the targets were on their back, but uh, they, they, started out with a little bit of a slow start. I mean, nothing, you know, no terrible scores, but they just weren't performing the way they were last year where they were winning pretty much, uh, you know, uh, every, uh, you know, tournament except for a couple that they traded with Shawnee Mission East. Uh, and this year really wasn't until they got really close to the postseason do they start getting back to where they were last year. And, uh, you know, they they close out strong. And sure enough, they shoot uh, a combined score of, of – 620 uh and and they finished 24 strokes ahead of uh the state runner-up in Manhattan which you know that was one that surprised us at the beginning of the year with their young golfers just coming out swinging and uh they they kept up that strong performance throughout the year and uh looked pretty good out there uh at state as well uh they end up uh squeezing past Shawnee Mission East for that runner-up spot uh they're 644 to, to the Lancers 647 um, but, you know, looking at Olathe Northwest, I mean, that was a group that, uh, they knew that the bottom half of their roster was always going to perform. This is a, a, just a bunch of seniors, uh, that, you know, they, they don't shrink, uh, on the big stage, uh, and they, they get the job done for their top three. Uh, you know, it, they knew that that group, even if they weren't able to, you know, uh, get themselves into the, uh, individual state championship race like uh, Hirschman did last year as she finished runner-up they were still going to keep themselves uh, really close and and uh, Hirschman ends up getting uh, a fifth place finish she actually shot she shot 75 on four straight days of, of state golf she shot 275s last year she does the exact same this year finishes with the 150 uh, you know right behind her in sixth place uh, was one of their seniors uh, Mackenzie Kelso and you know those two uh, have had great state performances over the last two years uh, and when you throw in uh, Claire Sullivan who is actually uh, at different times been their number one golfer but has had uh, some tough uh, uh, goings and stayed a little bit but she always uh cleans up her game and, and finds a way to get herself, uh, you know, to, to stay in that, that top 10 range. Uh, all of those uh, Ravens golfers uh, just, they perform, they get it done and, you know, really impressed by Avery Hirschman and just uh, being able to, to do that so consistently and lead them to those back-to-back -back state titles. It'll be very difficult uh, for them to try to go for that three-peat when uh, so many of those seniors are graduating, uh, but it's always... Uh, helps to have a, a, a good uh, group like uh, Avery Hirschman and Claire Sullivan as your top two coming back. Uh, if they can get some of the younger golfers to, to step up, uh, should be able to uh, still be a really good team going into to next season. But uh, that's the, the, the team finishes. And then I'll make sure I actually uh, say some of those uh, single scores, uh, individual scores. So Jones is 137. Uh, nice was 140, Slicker 144, uh, Maddie Myers, one of the freshmen from Manhattan, was a 146. Mentioned Hirschman in that five spot, Kelso in the six uh, at 152. Uh, sophomore from Olathe West, Savannah Cagle was uh, 
finished seventh with a 153. Then uh, Ingrid Blackader uh, Jr. for the Lancers uh, end up with a 154 to take eighth. Sullivan was ninth with a 155. And then uh, in a two-way tie for 10th, uh, Aletha East, Jenny Sun, and uh, Wichita Southeast, Alina Lamb. So those were the, the top 10 out at 6A Golf in Emporia. Some great action there at 6A and Kinsley Jones now, uh, you know, one one title away from uh, becoming just the third player in state history to win four straight championships individually. Uh, Jill Simpson from Columbus was the uh, the OG, the original one to do it back in the 90s. And then Julia Miesmer from Blue Valley West uh, matches her a couple years ago uh, in Class 6A. And so Kinsley's got a shot at going after four. And, you know, you can't can't gut four unless you win the first one. And Scott, in, in a the most thrilling finish of any of the state tournaments, you got to see a freshman go out and, and capture a state title in Class 5A. Yeah, you know, the, the landscape certainly changed for Class 5A with, with Kinsley Jones moving up from 5A to 6A. We talked about that last week in the podcast. And, and Kinsley, the two-time defending champion in 5A, goes and gets that third at, at 6A. And that's so that kind of opened the door. And that opened the door along with uh, the runner-up from last year, Meg Telma from Capen, deciding to focus uh, her golf on the on the national level this year and, and bypassing the high school season. So you had the top two finishers from last year, uh, uh, you know, not not back in the 5A tournament. Opens the door and the the freshman and I asked her to pronounce that name. That's the name we've been working on all year. She tells me it's Hamena Hamena Serenana, and uh, they call her Mina. So I'm going to go with Mina for now, but. Uh, Mina Serenata comes through and 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 wins the uh, the five A individual title and leads Cape into the team title. Uh, Serenata uh, goes to a playoff with Andover sophomore Reagan Duesenberry and uh, makes an eagle on the third extra hole to to win the playoff. Only a three hundred eighty I say only a three hundred eighty yard hole, but uh, Serenata hits just a, a just smokes a drive, hits a great second shot to about six feet, and then rolls in the putt to to win the to win the tournament and very quiet, unassuming kid, but, uh, but really plays with some ferocity. And, and she really, she had to track Duesenberry down in the final round. Uh, Serenana, uh, Duesenberry and, and Bishop Carroll senior, Bella Jones all start the final round tied for the lead at one under par after, after Monday, they shot 70 on the opening day. And Duesenberry really was the one who kind of made the move to, to get ahead in the individual race and, and led by, I think, two maybe two shots at the turn and got that lead to three shots maybe even four shots at once but uh it really all kind of changed for her on the par 4 14th hole at, at Hutchinson's Cary Park uh the whole it, it it's where the course turns and goes back into the south wind and and uh, Duesenberry got up around the par 4 uh, she was right around the green uh kind of down below it in two and had a, a pitch that went a little long on her had another pitch that went a little long on her and then ended up three putting for a triple bogey and right at that moment, the door was open for for Serenata to come back in, uh, for Jones to actually rejoin the hunt as well, and and then Serenata birdies the next hole when uh, and and when Duesenberry bogeyed it, Serenata had the lead by a shot, and then from there it was just it, it turned into kind of a two person match play. They were uh, Serenata and Duesenberry were weren't separated by any more than one shot the rest of the way. Uh, Duesenberry catches. Uh, Serenana on the 16th. Serenana comes back and birdies the 17th to take a lead, but but bogeys the 18th, and that's where we got to the playoffs. So uh, it really turned into a, a two-person battle there, and, and 
Uh, Duesenberry had a who, who actually lost a playoff to Kinsley Jones at Hutchinson uh, last month. Uh, uh, starts 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 the playoff on the same hole and uh, has a six footer to to win the tournament on the first extra hole and it slides by the hole. Uh, so so they move on and then Serenata comes back on the second extra hole, almost holds a birdie putt. So just some real close calls, but then Serenata uh, just slams the door on the on the third extra hole with a, a well played hole. And you know we talk about she becomes the first Cape and individual medalist at, at state since Emma Whitaker in 2016. And when Whitaker won her title uh, her senior year, that was the fourth straight team title for Cape and Mount Carmel. Uh, they had actually tradition wise had not won a lot of state tournaments, not as many as you would think as a team. Uh, but here since 2013, now they've now they've now won eight 5A titles, and and both have come in the, in sets of four peats. Uh, Serenata leads the way for this this Cape and team um, to win its four straight, and they're gonna you know they they got a sophomore Ava Trong who finishes seventh individually, uh, senior Tilly Jones ties for eleventh, and junior Maddie Cartwright uh, ties for thirteenth. Those four players were really the four uh, that kind of carried Cape in this year. Uh, with the loss of of uh, Meg Tilma, and uh, you know, so they they went in a, end up winning the tournament. They shoot a six forty nine for thirty six holes, uh, three twenty seven on Monday, a three twenty two on on uh, Tuesday. That that defeats Hayes by thirty one shots for the title. Hayes finishes second uh, to the Crusaders for the for the second time in three years. They shoot six eighty. Uh, Bishop Carroll, who was tied with Hayes after the opening day, ends up finishing third at seven hundred. Uh, those three teams all came from the Bishop Carroll Regional uh, and finished one, two, three at state and five A. So just a, a real, a real good concentration of strength in in that area, uh, you know, from those teams that played at regional. And, and Capen has now won, so they win by thirty one shots this past week. Last year they won by twenty five over Emporia, and then the outstanding team two years ago that featured the Tilma sisters, Meg and and her, her sister Kate. Uh, they won that one by 89 shots over Hayes. So Hayes does close the gap from a couple years ago uh, in that way. And then this all started uh, for Capen in 2020 with a seven-shot victory over Mill Valley. Uh, so, a good, you know, it might not have had the same faces, but it, it, it turned into a really good tournament at Hutchinson's Cary Park. And, and I think 5A has a good future as well. You know, it obviously has taken some hits this year, but, but seven of the top ten players in the individual race are underclassmen. Uh, Newton has an outstanding freshman, Naomi Coons, who finishes fourth uh, behind Serenata uh, and Duesenberry and uh, and uh, Bella Jones, from who will graduate from Carroll. Uh, Emporia sophomore Elise Eckert finishes fifth, and Aquinas junior Catherine Adkins finishes sixth. So, uh, you know, the landscape always changes, but if it stays, you know, if it would stay the same for next year, it looks like there's a lot of good young talent coming back uh, in Class Five A. Yeah, it might be a case where Kinsley might prefer to stay in 6A uh, with who is as much young talent yeah. as there is in, in Class yeah. 5A. Uh, because a couple of those, you know, they, they got her throughout the regular season a couple times. Uh, you know, right. uh, the Coons girl had a really good start to the season before uh, slowing down a little bit. But, yeah, the, the, the talent in 5A, the young talent in 5A is, is absolutely incredible. Uh, for sure. And so uh, moving to class 4A, which was at the Salina Municipal Course, I was there and I got to watch uh, not as much drama as, as either of those other two uh, as Topeka Hayden 
Um, you know, they were a team going in that they lost to Wamigo at regionals, but all season long, they've kind of been the most consistent team uh, in terms of being at the top of the pack in Class 4A and post a lot of scores in 320s, low 330s. And uh, not, 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 a, not other teams in, in Class 4A had been able to do much of that. A couple of them had gotten down close into those, those range, but none had been able to get down to 320s. And so... I thought Hayden had a really good shot at ending Wamigo's two-year run as Class 4A state champions, and that, sure enough, uh, was the case. Uh, Jason Duncan, uh, Santa Fe, or not Santa Fe, he's Santa Fe Trail's boys coach, but he's Hayden's girls coach. He, uh, he, you know, he said he believed that he had the best team in 4A all season long, and they go out and back that up. Uh, Hayden has a great first day. Five of their six players break 90, uh, all six break 100, and if you do that in Class 4A, you're going to be in a really good spot, and then they were. They, they post a team total of 335, which gave them a 13-shot lead over Wamigo in the team standings going into day two. And then in day two, their front nines were just incredible. I think uh, I, I wrote about it. Three or four of them were in the 30s. Uh, four, I think four of the five or five of the six were 41 or better. So they would go down the front nine on the second day and really just drop the hammer and let uh, and and put put that title away. Hayden ends up finishing with a team score of 326 on the day two to finish at a 661 and win the state title by 37 shots over Wamigo. Uh, so Hayden, uh, they end up placing four in the top 16. Um, they got Izzy Glotzbach, a sophomore. She finishes tied for ninth with Bishop Miege sophomore Ashley Myers. Uh, Han- then they go 14, 15, 16. Seniors Hannah Reynoldson and Avery Grunert. Uh, sandwich sophomore Lauren Bourjon uh, in that 14, 15, 16 spot. Reynoldson shoots a 164, Bourjon a 165, and Grunert, who really hadn't had a good senior season. You know, she was Hayden's top placer at state individually last year, had really high expectations coming in this year, and then just just didn't uh, didn't perform to her expectations and to, to where she thought she should be. She's also playing volleyball for Hayden, so I don't know if that took a little bit out of her this year, but, uh, but at state, she comes through when you expect a senior to come through. She has a great... Uh, a great tournament goes 87-84 to uh, get back down to where she's customary to being and ends up getting a 16th place finish to finish her career. And so Hayden just has a has a really dominating tournament. Addison Bear also takes 24th for them uh, to give them another one in the top 25. And then Kylie Johnson ends up 36. So Hayden gets all six of its players in the top 36. Uh, that's a pretty good accomplishment. And then while Migo didn't get the team title, but they got the individual title as Addison Douglas. She won it last year as a freshman, ran, completely ran away with things last year. She had a three-shot lead going into the second day over teammate Ashton Pearson a year ago. And then she was the only one that really battled those elements well last year and ends up winning by 17 strokes last year for her first state title. This year, she's had a better year. She got her stroke average down to about a 72, which is you know pretty close to even par for the season. Uh, and then goes out at state tournament, shoots 73 in the first round. That gives her a two-stroke lead over Avery Blazy of, of Pratt going into day two. But there was a lot of girls really right there in the hunt. I think I had 10 girls with, with, within eight, eight shots of her. So pretty tight, pretty tight grouping. But Addison said, you know, she really wasn't nervous. She just knew she went out and played what, how she plays, uh, that she was going to be okay and somebody was going to have to really go low to beat her. And nobody really did. Uh, you know, Avery had, had a solid, solid start and then kind of tailed off towards the end. Uh, Taryn Viramontes had a great round from Wellington, and she shoots a 74. 
to move her up to third place individually after shooting a 79 on the first day. Uh, Concordia's Mia, Maya, Maya Nehus uh, shoots a 76. Uh, McPherson's Brody Kuhn also shoots a 74. She was a state placer in tennis, comes back and for the second straight year, uh, state placer in golf as well. So she doubles up in the, in the, in the fall in tennis and golf and places at state in both. Uh, she takes fifth. And uh, Eudora's Joellen vote takes fourth with a 75, 157 total. But Addison, uh, she she runs away with it. She has a couple bogeys early in her round on on Tuesday in the second round. But then she goes she goes birdie on seven, birdie on eight, par on nine, birdie on ten, and that pretty much pretty much wrapped up the title for her right there. That gave her a pretty commanding lead and allowed her to. Have a couple hiccups coming home. She had a double bogey on 16 and a bogey on 17, and then didn't take advantage of the par 5 18th and and settled for a par on that hole. But she ends up shooting a 73 for the second straight day. She was the only one that shot that low both days. So 73, 73, 146. Ends up winning by six strokes over uh, Blazy from Pratt, who finishes second with a 152, one shot ahead of Vera Montes, who's third with a 153. And and kind of like. Uh, Kind of like 5A, a lot of young talent in that top 10. Uh, Blazy and, and uh, Joellen Vote from Eudora, the only seniors in that top 10. So everybody else that finishes in the top 10 will be back next year looking to hunt down Douglas, who, you know, a lot of kids won't talk about whether they've got that goal out there to be a four-time state champion. They just kind of let it play out. Well, Addison made no bones about it. She said she works every day. She stays till dark almost every night at the, at the golf course working on her game with that goal in mind. She wants to be a four-time state champion. Champion. She's halfway there uh, with two state titles so far. And then her teammate had one of the highlights of the tournament. Senior Sarah Springer uh, was kind of having a rough day, but on number 11, uh, she pulls out her five hybrid from about 140, 150 yards out on that hole. And she holds it. First career hole-in-one, and it comes at a state tournament. So what a cool experience for Sarah Springer from Wamigo. That helps her finish 11th overall and helps Wamigo take second as a team. They finish with a 698 total, which, like I said, was 37 shots behind Hayden for the title. Seven shots ahead of Wellington, who ends up taking third. Uh, Winfield takes fourth with a 711. Pratt fifth with a 726. And then Eudora ends up sixth at a 738. Uh, also in your top 10, in addition to the ones I had mentioned, Baldwin freshman Peyton Wright, who got their program started this year because she wanted to play girls golf and not have to play for the boys team. So she got her school to start girls golf, and she rewards them. She ties for fifth with Brody Kuhn. Uh, They both shoot 158, so Peyton Wright, a great freshman year for Baldwin. Uh, Lily Simpson from Winfield, she's a sophomore. Uh, She takes seventh with a 159. I mentioned Nihus from uh, Concordia. She's a freshman. She even finishes eighth. And then the sophomores, Ashley Myers of Miege, Izzy Glotzbach from Hayden, finished tied for ninth, each posting 161s. So that was your Class 4A state tournament. And then in Class 3A, uh, Ricky got to see an old champion and a new champion crowned and Heston. Yeah, starting with a new champion, you know, uh, Silver Lake, they wanted this first team title badly. You could just tell. Uh, Clara uh, Kleinig from, uh, she was a foreign exchange student from Germany, um, which Germany's been pretty good at uh, producing producing uh, people for the Shawnee County area uh, with her and Jetty Glassnap on the tennis side. But uh, she was just a game changer for that for that program um she and taylor zordel kind of battled all the all year at the top and uh you know and the state tournament was no different obviously they knew that those two girls were going to carry
carry carry the team. It was just about if they could get a few other girls to a couple other girls to support to provide the support, and they did. Uh, you know, Kate Ousterhouse finished 25th for them. Kaylin Haney was uh, 30th, um, and then not too far back, Avery Broxterman and uh, Madeline Feiger, uh, they were tied for 34. So just really a, a solid team showing showing for Silver Lake. Um, they ended up winning by uh, 21 strokes, or excuse me, 22 strokes over over Colby. Uh, you know, I think they entered with about a 10 or 11 shot lead, maybe heading into heading into day two, and uh, you know, Coach. Kelby Brown, you know, he was he was nervous. I mean, he didn't he didn't look at, he didn't want to look at the scores at any point throughout that tournament, and he didn't find out uh, he didn't find out how Silver Lake was doing and, until the until the end. But uh, you know, it was just an exciting moment for that program. Uh, you know, they brought a big contingent, and it was it was fun to see them all gather for a picture. You know, afterward. Um, you know, to kind of put that program on the map, as a co- as a couple of them said, but uh, re- really cool story there. And then uh, going going to the individual race, uh, you know, I didn't think there was going to be much drama, and there's still there's st- it wasn't that tight, but it did get a little bit more uh, interesting than I thought it would. Uh, Margaret Colt Ulrich uh, from Collegiate entered as the two-time defending champ. Uh, she shot a 73 on that first day uh, to take a, a seven-shot lead over over Kleinig from Silver Lake, and she was cruising along. And then, um, if anybody's familiar with that Heston Golf Course on hole number nine, you can't really hit a low a low tee shot because there's some high high grass and some gunch there. And uh, Margaret had two two tee shots that just found that gunch and uh, she ended up settling for a quadruple bogey on that hole and all of a sudden that brings Kleinig and that brings Anna Starbuck from Colby back in back into the mix I think uh, Margaret's lead got down to three after that and then uh, you know she just did she just does what champions do um, you know just it drains some short par putts and and keeps that lead and then um, on 16 uh, uh, Kleinick had a quadruple bogey of her own and that kind of kind of sealed things for Margaret but she ends up with a two-day total of 154 to win by six shots over Kleinick and and Starbuck from Colby but uh, you know that, she was she she admitted that she could just not not get that picture of those two bad tee shots out of her head and I thought it was kind of cool uh she said she got some words words of wisdom from Mitch Fiegel a little bit who's a, a heck of a coach on the basketball side and just told her you know don't you know don't don't play with the pressure of being a champion just you know act like you're already a champion and just play you know play your game and and, and she said that kind of kind of helped her down the stretch but uh yeah, and no, obviously, obviously, uh, you know, really good showing from uh, Kleinig from Silver Lake and from uh, Zordell from Silver Lake. She was she was fourth, and then uh, a really good way for Anna Starbuck to to win it. I mean, she's been in this mix. She's been in the mix all four uh, all four years. Uh, she won it in she won it as a freshman in uh, in uh, 2020, and then. Uh, then runner up as a as a sophomore, uh, third place as a junior, and this year she tied tied for second. But she birdied, she got a birdie on that eight, last eighteen. So that was kind of a cool way for for her to end a, a great career. And she helped uh, Colby uh, finish second in the in the team race for the fifth straight year. And 
and Pittsburgh Colgan, who entered as the three-time defending champs, uh, they uh, they ended up taking taking third. But uh, kind of going down the rundown of the individuals, uh, Ava Scripstick from Colgan, she ended up taking fifth. Uh, she is followed by Amelia Bowles from Atwood, then Harley Wade from Prairie View, Logan Nolan from Colby, Celeste Schneider from Jayhawk Lynn, and Molly Sweezy from Colgan. That, that, that rounded out your top ten. But... Uh, you know, you guys mentioned the the pursuit of of the four straight championships, and obviously Margaret's going to have a chance to do that next year. And she was already talking about that. Uh, you know, after after her round on Tuesday, what it would mean for her to to, to be able to do it. And I think, uh, you know, I, I she I think she's right in she's right she belongs in the conversations with all the other girls we we've talked about. Uh, you know, earlier. I mean, she's had such a heck of a career, and I really think. Uh, you know, she'll be obviously be the heavy, heavy favorite to get that fourth next yeah, year. Yeah, some outstanding individuals chasing history uh, as we go forward. I mean, all all four of our state champions this year conceivably could end up being four time state champions in their career, which would <laughs> that be some some kind of some kind of stretch here for Kansas girls golf if 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 that ends up being that way. But that'll be played out in the future. But uh, congratulations to all the state champions in both tennis and golf. Uh, you, you are the first champions of the school year this year, and uh, congratulations on all your efforts. And our next championship event will be contested this weekend. Uh, it will be gym, state gymnastics, and Mac has the majority of the state gymnastics programs. Uh, so we will let him give us a little bit of a tease as to what to expect uh, at state this weekend. Yeah, and I, I think the first thing to expect is to look uh, at least at the top of the uh, standings uh, to to be very similar to uh, what it was last year and what it's been over the last few years in the team race. Uh, Olathe North started uh, this streak a couple years ago, uh, two-time champions heading into this, and they look like the heavy favorite to make it three in a row. Uh, you know, the I think the first year when they had uh, Ella Margheim leading the team, uh, they were just runaway victories every time throughout the year. So it wasn't a surprise when they also had a runaway victory uh, it, at state and were uh, setting all time records for, uh, you know, points in a in a meet. And then last year uh, when they were uh, figuring out how to replace Margheim, uh, you know, they, they knew that it would be tough to get over Olathe West when they had uh, Alexis Purdy as uh, one of the the top all around performers, and uh, you know they were trading victories, and Olathe North ends up uh, being able to squeeze out uh, by uh, two tenths of a point, I believe, was the, the the final last year for them to to edge out Olathe West uh, to win it. Uh, this year, it looks like they're back to what they were a couple of years ago. It's, they're not setting those all-time records like they were with Margheim, but uh, they've been uh, winning handily all season. They've won all eight of their meets that they've competed in. Uh, in the last six outings, they've had over 105 points. Uh, they own four of the top scores this season, with their best being 108.400 uh, during their home meet on September 19th. And this is a group that, you know, they have senior Hannah Jensen, senior Lindsey Ray, and junior Greer Moyer as uh, the the top performers on their team, uh, along with they, they still have uh, senior Faith Fitz and junior uh, Amira Allen uh, in the fold. And, you know, to add in, it's like every year, last year it was Greer Moyer came in and ends up being uh, an 
all-around placer that that helps push him over the top. Uh, this year, they have a freshman uh, coming in, Olivia Noteboom, who who has uh, been a pretty big boost uh, to to maintain the front runner status. And I think Jensen Ray and Moyer, uh, you know, have, have definitely been the most consistent of of those. But Noteboom right there is probably the fourth. Um, all have reliably delivered, uh, you know, eight point fives and above uh, on on vaults uh and and uh they've had multiple meets where they've kind of pushed into the nine range uh i think uh their you know maybe biggest thing that could you know uh, depending on where they land could uh decide whether they run away with it or have a team that can uh, try to get in, in in there to try to push them a bit is all it's always bars uh but uh, that group is still pretty good at it they've they're finished in the low eights uh you know uh, occasionally will dip into the sevens but since they have so many of them and they they have a, a you know a few that can uh you know uh, come in uh to to try to push that score up they end up doing pretty well on that anyways um jensen might be the the top all-around finisher but you know uh last year moyer and ray were were both uh all-around placers for the team so uh it, it could be really any of the four could end up being the one that leads the way for olathe north um for the uh individual race it's going to be uh, likely a repeat of last year. Uh, the 6A champ, Olathe uh, Northwest junior, Emmy Keller, uh, she won't have the team contingent with her to just be her with uh, junior Reagan Atwell, but uh, she has all the chance to repeat as champion. Uh, her scores uh, have been pretty much off the charts, uh, mid to high nines and vault, beam, and floor. Uh, I mentioned bars, uh, you know, a lot of the top competitors, that's kind of their weak spot. That's her lowest number but uh she's often been in the low nine range uh and if she can do that at state no doubt she'll uh pull home the the all-around title and maybe can pull off what margram did a couple years ago where uh she took first in all four categories as well as winning the all-around so uh you know look for that in terms of the team race uh right now there's a couple teams that uh you know uh, have a chance to push olathe north uh, and, and also, you know, get, uh, bring themselves home a, a team trophy. And, uh, you know, first is Shawnee Mission uh, Northwest that, uh, you know, I said the Eagles had the top, uh, you know, four team scores. Well, number five, Shawnee Mission uh, Northwest had a 106.250 uh, out at the, the meet they uh, hosted on October 3rd. Uh, they're led by a strong senior class, which includes uh, Kaya Givner, Lindsay Sinclair, Chloe Carter, uh, and uh, Amelia uh, Fothergill. Uh, they add in uh, sophomore Keely Blake. Uh, you know, she's probably right there as kind of the, the fourth or third or fourth uh, top uh, gym definitely uh behind Givner and and Sinclair uh but you know a couple years ago they 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 surprised uh and had a great finish to the state meet to end up getting that third team trophy uh they missed out on that last year but they definitely look like they they had the chance to 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 get one of those uh this season Givner has been their top gymnast Sinclair not far behind uh with her all-around scores uh 
I won't even mention it again. It's bars. Bars is the one that, you know, if they hit one of the lower scores, they could dip down a little bit. Uh, both have shown that they can, you know, start pushing it up in the, into the, the, the mid eights there. Uh, and if they do that, they'll, they'll be in contention for definitely some all around uh, medals and can, can get their team scores to start edging up there a little bit. Um, you, you look at uh, last year's runner up, uh, Alatha West, they don't have Alexis Purdy, but they've found a way to to keep themselves uh, in the top of the leaderboard at most meets uh, to uh, finish above 100 points uh, in all eight meets uh, this season. Uh, and, you know, they've kind of each time they feel like they have their best performance, uh, like uh, when they, they had 102.425 points uh, on September 12th at the Shawnee Mission Northwest meet, then you get one where Olathe North, that's when they hit their 108. Uh, so it's it, it's very tough to, to you know get your best performance and still see the, the top team keep pulling away there. But uh, they, they've been consistently in that group, thanks to uh, senior Gabby Clinkenbeard. She was one of our True Blue Students of the Week earlier in the year and uh you know she's been joined by a, a group of talented underclassmen uh that made sure that even as purdy and uh dari johnson uh graduated last year they've still been able to to be one of those top teams uh in gymnastics and you know looking at it i think uh it, Clinkenbeard's definitely one where those bar scores uh, could pull her down uh, and take her out of that, uh, you know, chance to win an all-around medal. But uh, her points, ever her scores everywhere else are uh, really high, and uh, she was pushing into the the uh, 9.8 territory uh, for uh, her floor routine on a couple of occasions. So uh, definitely, if she can uh, have a strong bars performance, she'll be right there, uh, you know, in in the the top performer all-around performers at state a uh, couple of the other teams real quick lawrence uh was close to joining olathe north and olathe west as the only teams to hit triple digits in all the meets uh they got 100 points and six out of the eight uh and the two that they didn't i think it was like 97 and 98 so they were really close uh they're led by senior uh mira kingery uh and then a whole slew of other uh seniors along with her uh so that'll be a, a group that will be right there on the edge of trying to bring home a team trophy. Uh, Olathe East uh, is one that doesn't quite have the depth, but uh, Laney Palmer uh, as a junior will definitely have a chance to be in the all-around conversation. Uh, and, you know, she's one of the ones who's had a, uh, one of the better performances of bars uh, of the top girls. Uh, she's been able to get, uh, you know, into the, the nine range, and if she can have one of those, that'll definitely push her up the board. Uh, Shawnee mentioned East is another one that, uh, you know, Hasn't hit triple digits this uh, season as a team, but uh, sophomore uh, Andy uh, Prendyville, uh, she's one who uh, had a great performance at state last year and, and can uh, be one to, to, to uh, get her name in there and, and definitely bring home some medals and, and, and be a contender in the all around. Uh, you look at, you know, all of those, uh, you know, performers and uh, as much as it's, uh, you know, looks like Olathe North is the front runner when you talk about the, the second and third place team trophies. And then you talk about all the different, uh, you know, uh, medals you can get across those four events. Uh, it's, it's, it's not as clear other than 
Emmy Keller kind of being at the top, but the rest of that two through six uh, range on all those events, uh, there's a, a lot of really talented uh, gymnasts uh, across all these teams. So it should be very interesting as they go into uh, Newton on Saturday to, to, to see how they perform and uh, see who can bring home some hardware. Look forward to uh, to that competition coming up this weekend, and uh, we will recap it next week uh, when we have another, our next podcast. But before we clock out for this week, uh, would be remiss if we didn't talk a little bit of football just because last week was a pretty eventful Friday night across the state. Uh, Keisha covered our rankings. Three of our number one teams uh, in, in the classifications all went down. In Class 6A, Gardner Edgerton had looked completely dominant this year. Uh, and going and being undefeated through six weeks, they stumble for the first time. Olathe East, which is on a hot streak right now, they pick them off twenty-one to seven, and and uh, Hand Gardner, their first loss of the year, dropped them from number one in Class Six A. In Class Five A, Mill Valley, the uh, four-time reigning state champions, they get knocked off by Olathe North, uh, a, a highly ranked team in Class Six A. Their only loss had been to Gardner by a touchdown. Olathe North gets Mill Valley twenty-eight to fourteen, but the one that had the entire state talking was down in Class 3A where Andale, the powerhouse program in the state, uh, owners of the longest winning streak not only in Kansas uh, but in the nation at 57 games, they taste defeat for the first time. And, Scott, I know you were kicking yourself for going to Andale one week early and then catching them when they beat Wichita Collegiate and not being there when Cheney pulls off the upset last week. But what, what a performance by the Cheney Cardinals to get that done. Yeah, that was a, that was a big dice roll to not go to that Cheney Andale game, but uh, uh, you know, I, as you mentioned, I did go see Andale play the week before against Collegiate, and, and uh, they looked they looked as strong as ever. Maybe not totally dominant, but but certainly strong enough to to answer the challenge against Collegiate. And then out at Cheney, uh, uh, just an incredible performance from uh, Shelby Werman's team. They fall behind fourteen nothing early, twenty two to nothing right toward the end of the first half, and uh, you know. It, it, if you can't find the game on on the internet, just rent Rocky Four because that's what that game was. It was Cheney was was uh, Rocky going against Ivan Drago in that in that battle and and took took shot after shot and just kept coming back and but did find a way to to not totally stop Andell's uh, ground attack, but they contained it uh, really well in the second half. That allowed them to erase all of that twenty two point deficit and then. Uh, you know, it's still just amazing uh, talking to, to Shelby Werman, the coach, and, and Jackson Voth, who scored the game-winning touchdown for Cheney, uh, talked to them over the weekend and, and uh, all the things that, that Cheney still had to overcome. Uh, they had, a, had a, a wide receiver running down the sidelines for a touchdown in the open field, dropped the ball, and, and fumbled it away to Andale. Uh, Cheney uh, runs into the punter on a fourth down and gives up a first down to, to prolong an Andale possession. Uh, even in the last minute of the game, when, when the game's tied, Cheney throws an interception in Andale territory. Uh, you know, at Andale, you know, you mentioned just the, the type of program that they are. Imagine all that stuff going on against Andale and still managing to, to win the game. And, uh, you know, Wehrman told me it was just a, there was just a belief. And he pulled the kids together in the third quarter and said, guys, we're shooting ourselves in the foot. But if we have to beat Andale twice over, we're going to do it. And, and uh, they found a way. Uh, Jackson Voth, outstanding New Mexico State commit, uh, bats down a fourth down pass on Andale's first or Andale's overtime possession uh, to to shut the Indians out, and then 
they light him. He's, he's normally a wide receiver. They line him up in the eye at tailback, and he finds a way uh, on that with some great blocking up front. they got to give the Cardinals offensive line some credit. they got some Andale guys on the ground, and, and Voth runs it in from 10 yards out, and, and uh, the party was on in Cheney. Uh, you know, if, if, uh, i I got to give a shout-out to Cameron Burney for uh, KCMC Sports a streaming uh, group out here in South Central Kansas. He had the call on the game, and his his call of both touchdown to to end the Andale streak is 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 worth your worth your while. So go find KCMC Sports on Twitter and check that out. Uh, as you mentioned, the Andale fifty seven game winning streak, and they have become the gold standard in three A. Uh, this winning streak will end up, you know, as you mentioned, it was the nation's longest active streak. It stands as the fourth longest streak in Kansas high school history. Uh, which, which really, now that you look at that, Smith Center, 79 games from 2004 to 2009. Uh, Pittsburgh St. Mary's Colgan, 66 straight uh, back in the early 2000s. And then Conway Springs was 62, uh, about the same time that Colgan was doing, doing its uh, uh, thing. Just those three, those three are really amazing streaks, and it shows you the magnitude of how tough it is to get one of those. And, and Andale, still the four-time reigning champions, uh, you know, I have a feeling they're going to have something to say. There's got to be a determination going on uh, out in Dylan Schmidt's uh, practices these days. And I think Cheney is already aware that the chances of, of a rematch are, are looking pretty good probably down the road in those Class 3A playoffs. So I don't think they're going to be – you know, I think both of those teams, you know, as long as they take care of business, there, there should be a fantastic playoff rematch uh, in Class 3A. But uh, congratulations to Andale for just a whale of a streak. And, and then – uh, to Cheney for, for, for making history to be the one that stops it. Yeah, my guess is that if there is a rematch, Scott won't miss this one uh, this time around. Not. He, he, will, he will be out not. there to uh, to take that in uh, for sure. But, uh, yeah, congratulations. Hats off to Cheney and hats off to Andale for, for the run that they've been on. And I know it definitely will fire the uh, fire the Indians up to, uh, hey, our winning streak is, is gone, but our state title streak is still intact. And they, they'll give everything they have to keep that one going. Uh, so now the state's longest winning streak belongs to Axel. Uh, they've won 33 straight games, two two time defending eight player division two state champions undefeated. I caught them last Friday as they extended their streak, uh, really with an impressive performance against a pretty good Frankfurt team, and and Axel just went out and dominated that, and and they've only got like three seniors on their team, so uh, Axel is a team that very well could. Uh, Join that group of, of teams that have these impressive uh, impressive winning streaks in state history. Uh, if they can continue that this year, add another state title, and then return many, many key pieces to the team next year. So uh, that's a little bit of football, and that'll do it for our podcast this week. Uh, we'll come back to you again a week from a week from today, next Thursday, uh, we will talk a little bit about state cross country and state volleyball. Both those postseasons begin with substates and regionals this weekend on Saturday. Uh, cross country regionals and, and substate volleyball will be played all across the state to determine who's going to be going to state the following weekend at those sites. And so good luck to all those teams and and individuals this weekend as they pursue their dreams of becoming state champions. And we will tune back into you next week for Scott Pask, Mac Moore, and Ricky Peterson. This is Brent Maycock saying thanks for tuning in to the Keisha Covered Podcast brought to you by Capital Federal.